Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Hi and welcome to week two of our new series on search history and I just want to say if you missed last week when Leon spoke about racism, please, please, I want to encourage you to to engage with that. You can still get it on all of our downloads. Such an awesome message on on how we should respond and not only respond but keep connecting with the whole issue about racism. And you've just seen Hannah's story and how powerful was that? And you're going to hear a, a video from somebody every week about how they've experienced Jesus and as they look back what their search history history has been like over their life and where Jesus has actually stepped in and made a difference. So keep tuning in every week with us guys. We really want to encourage you to do that. But search histories are really interesting, aren't they? And uh, I wonder how many of you want, want me to see yours and whether I'd want you to see mine. But, but it would show you some things about me and about my life if you could see what I'd been searching and interacting with over the past seven days. And it would show you where I'm spending my time and what I'm interacting with. But it won't necessarily tell you what I've been talking about or why or why. And if you check the history on my phone, you will definitely see who I've been talking to and you'll definitely see how long I've been talking to them for. And if you didn't know me and all you had were my search histories, if all you had was my internet and my phone, you'd get a flavour of who I was. But you'd really have to speak to me to get a bigger picture about what my life was all about. But how do we do that with somebody like Jesus? Well, when we look at Jesus through the pages of the Bible... We can see his search and his call history. We can see who he's been talking to. We can see who he's been um, listening to, who he's been confiding in, who he's been discussing with, even negotiating with at some times. And this is his search history with his team. The Bible calls them his disciples, you know, with his family, with his friends, and then with God. And technology today has made it so easy, hasn't it, to connect with anybody on the planet, device to device. And man, have we been so grateful for that over the past few months and weeks, haven't we? But what about our communication off the planet? How does that work? And throughout history, there's been a search and a yearning and a calling to connect with someone or something bigger than who we are. To me, that person's God. To me, that person's God. And as a Christian, I want to tell you this morning that I believe that every one of us has been made and created in the image of that God. And that means that we all have the ability. Um, We're like wired. We're genetically wired, if you like that phrase. It's been embedded in our DNA to be able to talk to God and even at times have the desire to do that. And one thing that has highlighted this COVID period is that, that calling, that yearning. And maybe you've been recently watching us online. Maybe this is even your first time with us. A big hello and welcome to you. But prior to lockdown, you know, you may have relegated Jesus to the history pages. You may have considered him irrelevant to having any impact into your life. Yeah, he was a good person. Yeah, you might have believed he existed. But what interaction, what connection can I have with this Jesus today? But maybe... Maybe you found something really interesting happening over the last few weeks. Maybe something in your DNA has started to kick in and you've prayed. You know, maybe you've not mentioned that to anybody and you've thought, oh, I'm not going to tell somebody I've done that. But maybe you found yourself talking out loud to somebody and hoping, hoping that somebody was there to listen. But I want to tell you, you're not in a minority this morning. Not in a minority this morning because I want to share something really incredible with you. 
Now, Tear Fund are a Christian international relief agency, and they recently did a poll over the last few weeks. And you're going to see some stats coming up now, and these have totally fascinated me. And this is what they found. One in 20 British adults said that they'd started praying during the lockdown period, that's during the last 100 days, when they didn't pray before. A quarter of people in the UK have watched or listened to a religious service like you're doing now since lockdown began. And 5% of those people watching have never been to church before. Five, that's a huge number. Google the poll if you don't believe me. Have a read of some of these stats. One in five UK adults have also asked somebody else to pray for them. And we've got that option today as well. And, and later on, I'm going to give her the opportunity to literally click a button and have a chat to what we call our online pastors. They're just people like you and me who want to speak to you and talk to you and have the privilege of praying for you this morning. That we're more than happy to do that. You see, there's a drawing. There's a calling. There's a longing even to communicate with somebody or something that is bigger and more powerful and more able than we are. And the way that we do that is what we Christians call prayer. Now that word may have put you off right away, but I really just want to explain to you really simply what I believe prayer is. Prayer is simply this. It's my way of getting to know God better. It's a conversation. You've been worked with somebody and you've worked with them for ages but you feel like you still don't know anything about them other than the time they're coming to work and you may know what they want for their tea or their coffee, but that's as far as it goes. And then one day you have a decent conversation with them and you walk away and you think, oh man, I actually know that person a little better now. I know why they might respond that way or I know why they think something about that thing or that topic. And maybe it changes a perception that you had of them in some way. That's what I think prayer does. And some of you have had the Lord's Prayer come to mind straight away. And that may be the only um, framework that you have for thinking about this topic. And it, you may have been like me in school. And every day, robotically, you had to say the Lord's Prayer. But when we look at where this is in the Bible, as we're going to do this morning, and what Jesus has to say about this topic, we find out, you know, that it's actually a template, a framework. Prayer isn't a formula. And what we're going to look at over the next few minutes together would have been a tweet from Jesus if Twitter had been around 2,000 years ago. I absolutely believe that. This is like this morning, Beethoven teaching you how to play the piano or Messi turning up to your football training session. This is a session with the master, the person who knows prayer better than anybody else in the world. So then why do we get so frustrated with it? Why do we get so confused by this whole thing? I think it's mainly because we do not get how the conversation and communication works in a relationship. So let's see what Jesus has to say about it. And I love Jesus so much because before he tells me how to do it, he tells me how not to do it. And we're going to read this morning from Matthew 6, verses 5 to 8. And Jesus said this. He says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in their synagogues or churches and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. 
then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. What is Jesus saying here? What he's saying is this. We aren't praying to get something from God. We're praying to get more of him. We aren't praying to get something from God, but we're praying to get more from him. And this all depends on the lens that you're looking at prayer through. And I want to challenge you this morning. Do you find God useful or relational? Are you finding God somebody that you want to control or somebody that you want to know? You see, prayer isn't a magic wand. I'm not a wannabe Harry Potter this morning. God is not the genie in Aladdin's lamp that if we rub it hard enough, Will Smith is going to jump out and he's going to say, your wish is my command. You have three wishes. What are you going to do with them? God isn't going to do that. And do you know what? Prayer isn't always just kept behind the glass that we break just in case of emergencies. You know, it does work in that way, and thank God it does, but it's not just something that's locked behind a glass case that we break with our elbow and we get out to get us out of a mess. Prayer isn't what I call a tug-of-war game. It's not what I call a tug-of-war game. I don't have to wear God down until he gives me what I want. And I wonder how many of us have done that, even with our parents. We think if we keep going, if we keep asking, if we keep challenging, they're going to give in and eventually give us what we want. That doesn't work with God. We don't have to beg him. We don't have to walk down the pretty please, please, pretty please, I'll, you know, if I say pretty please enough times, I'm going to get what I want. And then if we don't get it from begging, we definitely don't get it from bargaining. Don't know whether you've tried this with your parents. You know, if I do this for you, will you do this for me? If I do the washing up for a week, can I have that bike? If, you know, if I do all the chores you give me, can, can I, am I allowed to go with my mates at the weekend? Listen, God it's nobody to be bargained with. And then if we don't get what we want from bargaining, we try the bribing, don't we? We try and sell a win-win scenario. But that doesn't work. You see, Jesus talks about that word babbling. And sometimes it's almost like we feel that we have to impress God somehow. We have to impress God somehow. And this tug of war game is like me saying to Russ, you know, honey, I really fancy a Toby Carvery. Can we have a Toby Carberry? I'd love a Toby Carberry. When can we go for a Toby Carberry? Are you sure? Can we go now? Can we go now? I really, really am desperate for Toby Carberry. And eventually Russ will go, I get it, Jane. I get it. You want a Toby Carberry. You're getting so annoying now. And that's often what we think we have to be like when we're talking to God. And then we think if we don't impress God or get his attention by doing something, he probably won't hear us. Because he doesn't really care, does he? Is that what we think? Listen, if I have to stand out and do something impressive to get God's attention, when there are so many billions of people on this planet, I've got to do something pretty spectacular. I'm so glad that prayer doesn't work that way this morning. But if I'm being really honest and open with you, I can still see prayer like that, through that lens, in that framework, even after nearly being a Christian for over 30 years. I can still fall into those traps of seeing my relationship and my conversation with God in that way. And just like any other relationship, how would people feel if I continually treated them in that fashion? 
So this search we have, this pull we have for a bigger connection. So what truths do we need to remember? What does Jesus actually say? Well, back to Matthew, and he gives us a clue. He says this from verse 8. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So from this, what do I get? I get number one, I get this. God loves me to talk about anything to him, anything. It doesn't have to be something churchy. It doesn't have to be something churchy. If you're interested, he's interested. But you may be asking the question this morning, well, well, why would God be interested in me? What's so special about me that he would want to be interested in having a conversation with me? There's two simple things this morning. Because he loves you and because he enjoys talking to you. It's the same as any other relationship. And when you have a child, you know, and as, as a baby, they're loved really deeply, aren't they? You know, I know some people in, in our church have had babies recently and, and you love them dearly. And before they can talk, but you long for that day, don't you, when you just want to have a conversation with them. God loves you this morning, even if you don't or can't talk to him. But he wants us to learn how to talk to him. He wants us to grow up. He wants us to grow up. So how do we learn how? Well, back to the babies, don't they? Start with stumbling over words and then they'll start to put sentences together. And then before you know it, you can't shut them up. You can't shut them up and you want to go back to those days. But listen, this is how God wants us to be. It's a learning process. The second thing is I've learned from what Jesus says here is there is nothing off limits to God. There is nothing that I need to hide and there's nothing that I cannot discuss with him. It doesn't have to be huge things. It can be the really small details of our day. And Jesus calls us in the Bible our daily bread. Everything that you need and I need to get through this day. And on the back of that, guys, the simpler, the better. The simpler, the better. It's about just being honest with God. It's not about what you think you ought to be saying. Remember, God isn't waiting to be impressed by me. Adding loads of words does not make what I'm saying any stronger or more effective. It really, really doesn't. Because God loves to answer. God loves to answer. And we get an answer, whether it's the one we want, but we get an answer. We get a yes, a no, or we get a maybe. A maybe. And that comes to the word waiting. Waiting. Did I get everything I wanted from my parents as a child? No. Did I try and get it? Obviously. Who doesn't? But sometimes when it was a no, you know, it was because I was being protected from something. Or if it was a wait, maybe it was because I wasn't mature enough or wise enough to handle what I was asking for at that time. And Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says this, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. I want to draw your attention this morning to that word unsearchable. You see, not everything I need to know and not everything that is beneficial for me is found on the pages of Google. (gasps) Just a moment there to let that sink in. Google is not the oracle on everything I need to know about my life. 
Jesus says here, and Jeremiah says, sorry, here, that there are unsearchable things that God wants to show us. And the only way we get that is through connection and conversation with him. You see, God longs to be close to me. God longs to be close to me. And as much as I'm searching for him, he's waiting for me. It's in my DNA. It's in your DNA. And whatever your camp this morning, we were never meant to live this life alone. And for centuries, we have searched for that connection to someone bigger than ourselves. And I assure you, the generations to come will continue that search. But I want to tell you, your search can end right here, right now, this morning. And your connection to somebody bigger and greater than you can start. Can start. The more we connect, the more we learn, the more we grow, the more this relationship develops. And I would encourage you to really give this conversation a go. You just start. You just start. And as we come to just have one final song together this morning, you know, I'm aware that you might find yourself in one of three separate camps today. Um, It's been an interesting time over the last few months, hasn't it? And we'll have gone through many emotional ups and downs. And um, sometimes I know that, that my spiritual life has felt stronger at times than it has others during this period. But one of these three camps you might fall in, as you may be watching this this morning, you may never have prayed before. Or you may be one of those people in those polls that Tear Fund did and you, you found yourself um, speaking out, um, it, hoping that somebody's going to hear you. Well, somebody has heard you. Somebody has heard you. And maybe you've stopped praying. Maybe you've stopped talking to God. Maybe you've been disappointed or frustrated over the past few weeks. Something's got in the way. Maybe you're wrestling with something this morning and you just either don't want to bring it to God or you don't think actually God would be even interested. Listen, he loves you. He enjoys talking to you. He wants to converse with you. And we mentioned right at the start about our online pastors and I want to encourage you. They're available right now. They're just a click button away. And why don't you during this song, why don't you take a moment to breathe Think about where you are right now and then click that button and let somebody pray with you and for you. Now, you may be wondering what happens when you click that button. You know, if I do that, is, does everything change? Um, are they going to know stuff about me? Can I, can I take that back? Listen, all that happens when you click that button is that, you, that you'll go into a little private internet space that is purely confidential. Nothing is recorded. Nothing is written down. And you can say as much or as little as you want to about where you find yourself. The people there would just be honoured and privileged to pray for you. So why not take a breath? Take a minute and just think, God, is there something I want to say to you? Maybe reignite that conversation again. Sometimes, you know, the more it gets more awkward the longer we leave it. It's like when we've not spoken to somebody for a while and then you've, you haven't seen them and you suddenly drop back into that relationship, don't you? It becomes easy and you wonder why you've not done it before or made a contact before. I want to encourage you during this last song or maybe... Maybe you've got something going on for you right now. Maybe you want somebody to stand with you and pray with you for a situation or a person that's on your heart. Listen, we were never meant to take this journey alone. 
God has put us in a family. God has put us in community. And if nothing else we've seen over the past few weeks, how communities can come together and meet the needs of other parts of their community. Listen, this is all we're trying to say to you this morning is this, that God has instigated community. He's instigated conversation. We've called it this world prayer, but actually it's just all about what would Jesus want to say about connection? Why not connect with him this morning? Just click on that button as we have our last song together. Start having a search history with God as we sing this final song together. And if you remember nothing else from anything I've said this morning, remember this. We never, ever, ever have to persuade God to care.